we Spartans are descended from Hercules himself. Taught never to retreat, never to surrender. Taught that death in the battlefield is the greatest glory he could achieve in his life. Spartans, the finest soldiers the world has ever known. Welcome to Movie Smash, uh, the podcast that looks at comic book movies that you may or may not remember. If you're the type of person that enjoys talking about hidden gems, likes to tear old movies apart, or wants to find something new, this is the place for you. Uh, and with that, let's get started. Um, let me introduce myself first. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm the founder of Off Panel Creations. It's a place where we like to fuse nerd culture with furniture or things you have around the house. Uh, with me today, I've got Jeremy Parmentier. Uh, I have furniture, but otherwise, I'm one of the hosts of the Retrovaniacs podcast, where we talk about retro gaming, uh, similar to this, but, you know, gaming version. And I've got Fergal Mayo. Hey, everyone, this is Fergal Mayo, founder of Gotham Knight Comics, where we reimagine the comic shopping experience. I am excited to talk about our movie tonight, so I think it's time, and without wasting any time, to movie smash. So, our movie today is Zack Snyder's 300 from 2006. Uh, before we start jumping in the movie today, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about that, sort of your, your history with it, what you guys have, ex- your experience with it. Uh, for me personally, this movie came out during the, the decade that came out between about 2000, about 2010. There were a ton of these kind of movies of, you know, ancient Roman, ancient Greek stories or retelling them or reimagining them. I mean, I think it all started with, you know, 2000's Gladiator. Um, I was a big fan of 2005's uh, Rome, the TV show. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. But, I did not. Yeah, if you have not, I highly recommend it. Ray Stevenson was the lead for that. He just passed away recently. He was he he's did. also he was in a, what Ashoka is the show mm-hmm. he's in now. Um, <laughs> this came out and and for me personally, I was really into this kind of movie: Gladiator, Troy, Alexander, Rome, Spartacus. All these kind of movies are my bad, you know, my thing. In fact, I still own them on DVD. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but I, that was like my decade of movies. So but, that's, an, that's an amazing experience that you say that because I, you mentioned all great movies, all completely different directions. 300 comes along. I think it, it sort of set the stage for, you know, a lot of slow motion action scenes. I think it not only just it redefined the genre a little bit when it came to that, but I think it kind of topped it off and just like Avatar or other movies kind of changed how some fighting scenes should be looked at. So how familiar were you guys with this this Greek mythology or the the comic book itself? Um studied in college and uh and read the book about a gazillion times. I actually own all the the uh, first prints. Yeah, I actually do as well. That's one of the few things uh you know, I worked in a comic book store for about a year and a half uh, in the D.C. area, Annapolis, actually Annapolis, Maryland. So it's sort of D.C. if you are looking at the country as a whole. As was, that third, was that Third Eye Comics? No, Third Eye Comics is, is where I still go now to get comics. This is a, a chain called Another Universe. It was owned by Steve Jeppe, who owns Diamond Comics. 
Nice. And so I worked there for about a year and a half because they needed somebody who could come in and work mornings. Everybody who worked there was was either the manager or a high school student and couldn't come in during the day. And at that point, I was, you know, I was, it was in college, uh, but I had a very open schedule. So I, I would work in mornings so that the manager didn't have to work every single morning. So this was like 90, 98, 99. So when I first started there, you know, they were already big Frank Miller fans. We had whole sections on on Sin City and, of course, the, the Dark Knight stuff he had done. But 300 was his new comic that was coming out. And everybody there was like super jazz i know one of the stores had a frank miller signing it wasn't ours but it was really pushed by the store so i was already like on the train with 300 that's one of the few that we're probably going to talk about where i was like i was there when it was new and i read it and i loved it so i was looking forward to this movie i mean i know gladiator came out before and that's very good but but this was on its own level because it, it just from the previews of this it reminded me of how the panels in the comic look like they did a really good job i thought at the time like this is going to do a great job of transferring this story to the movies, not knowing that, you know, essentially it's also kind of based on a historic event that was also, or a movie that was based on a historic event as well. So it, it, it's really neat how I, this is one of the ones where I was more familiar with the comic uh, that, to see a movie that a lot of people had no idea was a comic. So, so it's funny. I, I did not know this was a comic <laughs> before watching the movie. Um, I feel like I'm always saying that. Um, so, Fer- Fergal, do you have a little bit of history about the comic itself? Or I guess, Jeremy, you could too as well, since you were in the store at the time. Yeah, so thank you, uh, Chris. I'm definitely familiar with the book. And to Jeremy's point, this is such a unique book to be familiar with. Frank Miller was amazing. This is probably his one of his definitive works. Came out in 1988, was part of a five-issue series bound over in a hard book. Literally going on, I believe, its 14th printing. What's so unique about this, its 11th printing was over 90,000 copies. This is one of the most enduring comic books right up there with Dark Knight from a Frank Miller story. I think Lynn Varney, who was also uh, the colorist of this story, is just an amazing, amazing retelling. And really what's unique about it, I think what makes it endure is that it's just so gratuitous from its pages to real life. It, it just, you know, so often in these adaptions, they miss the ability to take what we're seeing on page and translate that to a real life. And in this particular book, I think from the fact that it won the three eyes and awards to the fact that it's just so gratuitous in its own violence it celebrates the story it creates a great narrative in both third and first person and i just think from a book standpoint it just like if you put the book next to the movie you're not going to see that much difference i think i don't think you're going to see any difference at all it's phenomenally dope i think it helps you know the other things we've talked about uh kind of are, are longer runs and we're seeing you know either a a movie based on a property that has a bunch of different arcs and storylines or or a movie like 30 Days of Night that we talked about that is, uh, it, it, that was kind of like the starter, but it, it has other stories post then. 300 is kind of on its own. It's a standalone book. You don't need to know anything about the historical battle, although it, it helps, um, but you don't need to. You don't need to know anything about anything else. You pick up this graphic novel, read it, you know, go see this movie and see it. You don't need all the other connection to enjoy everything this movie has to share. I, I like that for a comic movie. You don't need, you know, sometimes if you're not a fan of the of the property, you might be missing out on a lot of references or other stuff. This doesn't have that. This is a standalone, straight, single contained story. Yeah, so for those that don't know, um, this is Zack Snyder's 2006's take on 300. It's basically a convocation, if that's a word, uh, or a reimagining of the story of King Leonidas of Sparta. He takes a small unit of 300 soldiers. I think he says out for a long stroll during the movie. I think it's the line he uses. Mm-hmm. Um, go fight out the Persian invasion at Thermopylae uh, at, in 480 BC, where basically that is a, a spot in the path between 
for the Persians coming into Greece where they'll be narrowed and they can fight them off at a single pass. Um, there's more to the story than that, of course. You know, there's about the Athenians going to, to the ocean and fighting in the seas. But the, the premise is a the Spartans go off with a very small force to fight off a, a massive army from the Persian invasion. And it's it's a very, very loose um, retelling of the story. You know, it has some highlights, um, but obviously it is, it is more comic book than it is reality. So please don't send me hate mail that this is a remaking of the 300 story. But um, when it comes to this movie, guys, I think there's there's not there's a lot of characters, but there's not really many characters, right? There's a lot of people, but there's not many characters. Any thoughts on the characters like King Leonidas or any of those guys? Chris, did you get a chance to read the comic? I think that was intentional because I think the characters are just so amazingly crazy in their own right, so amazingly unique. And obviously, if you get an opportunity to read it, I think you'll enjoy it even more after you read it, even with the movie. I do not own a copy of that comic. Well, it's, yeah, it's definitely a focus on the leaders of these two armies, right? There's lots of other people you you learn enough about uh, to, to recognize them in, in that way if whatever happens to them, you might feel a little more uh, attached to than if it was just a bunch of mindless soldiers in uniform that would, you know, die. Instead, you get to meet and know a little bit more of this force. But yeah, it really is, the focus is on uh, King Leonidas, who's uh, Gerard Butler. Uh, I think it's the first thing I'd remember seeing him in. Um, but he's he's great. He's He's... Um, just, just this kind of folk hero esque leader of the of this of of the Spartans. The, the movie starts with explaining how he became king by basically like you know it's a folk tale. Like oh, he went out in the mountains by himself and he fought off this giant wolf. You know, in the middle of the of a snowstorm and came back and you know since then he's kind of been ordained to be our leader and now he's our king. Great. And then Xerxes is this kind of larger than life. Literally, his character is larger than the other characters around him. It's kind of God King because he's taken over the Persian Empire that's taken over most of Asia and is now sweeping its way into Europe and Greece. So it's, it's this unstoppable, you know, almost immortal force going up against this this small group of 300. And, and like you mentioned, they use... It's not just that they're like, oh, we're better soldiers than they are, although they would say that, but it's more that they also knew, like, we can set up this so there's this choke point, there's, you know, we'll be able to take on a, a number of their forces, but not all 100,000 at once. You're talking about taking on maybe 1,000 people in a group instead of instead of that 10,000, and then with your better tactics, your better, you know, training. Good odds for any Greek. Right. You'll be able to really take care of it. So, I mean, it's it's... The, the characters are important because they they're humans and you want to feel connected to them but the really the important part is understanding the conflict the war and and the fact that this king King Leonidas knows ultimately this probably is uh, 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 destined for disaster but if he can just hold them off enough if he can just do enough damage then maybe they'll change their mind and decide this isn't worth the effort if just 300 people can do this to us what are we going to do with the rest of this nation Agreed. That was a really good explanation, sir. I really appreciated that one. I don't know about you, Chris, but that was kind of dope, dude. It was. It's the. It's interesting too. The the style wise of this movie. Um, I mentioned how this is really sort of the decade of uh, ancient Rome, ancient Greek movies. Um, but it's also like a, a an entry point, uh, sort of an inflection point with movies like Sin City, right? Where like you really do feed into that comic book feeling to it, but the effects and the cinematography feel into that. Like for me, this movie is just beautiful, right? It is stunning to look at. It looks amazing. I mean, it is hyper-violent over-realism. Um, there are so many slow motion shots. Um, it really does feel like a comic book come to life, if you would. Um, 
But what do you guys think? How does this movie look to you? You know, I, w- I would definitely agree that this movie is aesthetically gorgeous. Um, I'm in agreement with both you and Jeremy. I think this is one of those unique films that takes a historical event, really gives it a bloody perspective, great sharp angles throughout all of it. I think one of the best scenes is the winter and the wind when, when Leonidas is is really ascending to his possibility, ascending to his thing. And it's, again, if you, if you compare that to the book, I think there's just not a lot difference between those. And I think really that's what makes this so aesthetically amazing that the way they cut scenes the way they fight the way they put emphasis on all of those kind of over elements to that battle of thermopylae the battle of uh, marathon how they create the uniting of greece against xerxes and his hordes uh to use a line from leonidas or uh, delios so i just think this is one of those aesthetically amazing movies that that reminds me of sin city it's it's Zack snyder really unleashed in his earliest days as he's continuing to build his repertoire leading up to even bigger and better movies that have generated huge opportunities um so i'm just i'm i just think this movie is just beautiful from from start to finish uh, and I think if you're going to talk about Sin City in the same breath, because it's the same artist, same kind of style to the the comics. If you read 300, you read um, Sin City or, or even the Dark Knight stuff. There's a lot of dark shaded parts, right? There's a lot of, of panels that are just black and white or black and a shade so that you get this kind of stark contrast uh, that, that can make it a very effective in, in comic book form. They did a very good job in this movie. Uh, with all the slowdowns, there's things that look almost panel for panel, like what I remember being in the comic book for, for separate shots that were really effective in comic book form, and they also work here because it has that slowdown. It has, like, the blood goes over, you know, all over the place. It's not realistic the way it goes, but it's also slow enough that it comes off so you're seeing what would have been drawn in those sections for blood. Like, it, it works really well. I think Sin City, which I did like, and maybe someday we'll, we'll talk about a, a Sin City, but I think some of Sin City does not transfer as well off the page uh, as, compared to, as compared to this. I think this, this again, maybe because it is a self-contained story, you don't need anything else to make it make sense. You're not trying to cram a bunch of books in like Sin City would have, trying to cram a bunch of stories into a movie. Uh, this... This stays very focused, and and again, there were lots of things I remembered as I watched it even again today where I was like, I remember this from the comic. Like where it's like, oh, the arrows will blot out the sun, and literally so many arrows come up that it can cause the whole darkness, the whole contrast of the entire movie to fade in for that one, you know, that, that few split seconds while you watch the arrows come in. And that happens several times in the movie, and it's super effective. So, you know, I, I, I'm so excited about this part because I think, you know, again, going back to that beautiful aesthetic of the movie, thinking about Frank Miller, just thinking about the fact that he wrote and draw this story and where he drew his inspiration from, you know, it's a, it's one of the interesting fun facts about this particular movie was he drew, and the comic book was, he, he drew up his inspiration from watching this 1962 movie, The 300 Spartans, a film that Miller watched and has influenced everything going forward from that movie. And I think when you think about that, when you think about things like Sin City, when you think about how he has deconstructed and reimagined Dark Knight, Sin City, all of these different stories that have a hyper violent and stylized look to them. He's just, he's done amazing. Um, so as, you know, again, I follow back through with Jeremy. I mean, when we talk about Sin City, we talk about all these other things that Frank Miller's done and how Zack Snyder has translated that to screen. This is, I think, a, a unique combination of two guys that do extremely well together when put, when taking that source material and really creating something that you would honestly want to read in a book <laughs> as well as watch the movie. <laughs> One thing I want, the one thing I did want to say was like this, this is a Zack Snyder movie. I mean, there, there is no doubt about it. This is one of his earlier movies in his career. But I mean, if you've seen the Watchmen, you've seen that style of movie, right? That's, 
essentially without if he like I said if you know Zack Snyder, this is his style of movie. It's really it, yeah, a lot of slow motion. It's beautifully shot. Um, his plots are very sort of very simple if they would, but I think he probably just took that comic you guys keep talking about, and I probably got to pick myself up a copy and use that as a storyboard for this movie. That's what it feels like. It it, it does feel like that. Now, like I said, I have not read the comics, but plot-wise, uh, Fertile Jeremy, since you guys have read it, does it follow pretty closely? Are we losing anything in the plot, or like they hit all the high marks? You know, Chris, I think this definitely hit all the high marks. I think it followed the movie pretty strongly. I think if you're sitting in the theater with the comic book and somehow you can sneak a flashlight in, you're going to find a ton of scenes in this movie that will match the book. I think that's really the big point of it. I think more or less the the idea, the vision that the artist has, you're bringing it to life um, and you're bringing it to life in a way that just, just really pops off the screen. So yes, Chris, my enthusiastic, it does indeed match. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. I think it's really close to the source material. It's not exact, but it's not uh, far off. I mean, when I saw this when it was new, I went with other people who were fans of the comic that I had worked with at the comic store because we knew like we were looking forward to this. And none of us were like, oh, man, this isn't what I thought it would be. It's exactly what we hoped it would be. It does match that. Well, still, you know, it's a movie. You got to pad some things out. That's fine. It 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 felt like, though, it, stuff that would have fit in the original comic. And if you are taking a, a final for a history class about Thermopylae, do not use this movie as source material. No, no, it's it's a fable. It's a, it's a fableization yeah. of of this this story, which which on its own, there's already you know the 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 battle in general was already kind of made into this you know ultimate sacrifice, right? This 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 the, the, anytime there's a you know the the little guy fights off the big guy. Ultimately, I mean, this isn't spoiling the movie for anybody. It it is. A historic battle you can go online and look it up ultimately you would say this is kind of the situation where well maybe they didn't win this battle but without this battle they wouldn't have won the war that kind of that's thing. actually that's actually they repelled them twice i mean right. so historically they were there was two persian wars and eventually persia came back i mean they, they stopped so i mean they may have made one movie before the other because technically the battle of demopoly came after the battle of marathon Correct. not before the battle of marathon so i mean you know there's historically there's some things that are inaccurate but yeah this movie kills it um it just i mean anybody can come up I, it's an inspiring movie and i think there are some inspiring moments and if someone was not a frank miller fan before they saw this movie they are a frank miller fan after they saw this movie <laughs> and, and jeremy i think you said it right it's a fableization right it's a fable of the, the history behind it i'm so. not sure if that's a word but if it's not it is now <laughs> it is now we have coined the phrase fableization <laughs> so tone wise it is a dark violent movie right this is not a movie mm -hmm. to watch the kids but i gotta say i think it was the right level of violence for what they're trying to portray it wouldn't have worked without it it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked without it i mean because um you know i think the biggest linchpin of this movie is that it's rooted in historical fact king arthur is rooted in historical fact it, it just um spartans were larger than life they were the most feared army at that time on the face of the earth um and I'm, there was a reason they were and i think one of the big pieces that came from them was their use of iron formation battle tactics strategy things that other armies at that time were not employing they were just kind of using overwhelming force to win so um yeah the violence was it just showed and it makes you wonder you know could a, could a spartan take on a military soldier today I don't, I don't i'm not so sure i mean if you take away the bullets i don't i don't know if the american soldier is going to win well, and the other thing is, it is violent. It's it's a movie that's completely about battle and war. It's not like it's like, oh, the war's the last fifteen minutes. There's 
combat this entire movie. I mean, there's clearly some scenes that connect it all together, but it's it's a movie that is mostly combat and battle, so it is appropriately uh, bloody. I, I think compared to... I mean, I watch a lot of horror movies, so in my level of what's uh, you know considered overly bloody and gory, this does not meet that. It's not a horror movie. You're not watching people's like skin get flayed off of their body. It's nothing that's that that dramatic, but it is very wow. raw <laughs> and brutal. It's well, you know, I, I mean, if you like a Saw movie, this isn't going to seem very violent to you. Oh my right? gosh, but it's, we, it is, we, we uh, took it all the way to Saw. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm just saying, like that's that's it, it is no, a violent right. action movie, level. but it's not. Yeah, it's not a horror movie level of graphic. It's not overly over the top gory, but it is definitely a very bloody, but in a comic book like style way. You know, that everything gets slowed down. The, the when when they shoot their spear through a guy, like you'll see blood come out of the other end, but it's not like it's you know, it, it, it like explodes out of the back of them, but in a slow down fashion, it looks artistic. It looks really nice. Yeah. Like it's not, I don't think it's overly gory, but you're right. It's not for kids. I would, I have a nine year old and 11 year old. And, and while I don't think I would have thrown them out of the room for most of the movie, it also isn't a movie that I would want them to watch right now. <laughs> it's the most artful blood you've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it does. I, it's very artistic. I'm actually a bad dad. I think I, cause I had my son watching this movie. I think he was 11. Um, and we said, but you know, it's, it's the dad, he snuck out and I was like, okay, you can watch it. But then again, I took this kid to Deadpool cause he begged me for, you know, six months to go to Deadpool when he was nine. I thought, okay, maybe this isn't going to be as bad. And I was like, wow. So it's probably the, yeah, I agree. I'm the bad dad here. Holy cow. It's all about what you're a bad dad about, right? I, I, uh, I don't worry about lyrics to things. So my kids know every swear word from all the music that I listen to and also video games. I don't seem to care at all. I like oh you can't watch a violent movie but you can play Resident Evil like I don't I don't have any there's no logic to my my dadness but uh, but for movies I I play it safe I I hope all three of us are saving up for our kids therapy bills <laughs> oh hundred percent so pacing wise this movie is just shy two hours to be very honest I did not feel it did not feel like two hours to me no not at all. No, no. That's again. That's the mark of a movie when you're not checking your watch or when it hasn't lost you. Um, you know, Dead Reckoning felt that way to me. Like that was a two-hour and forty-seven-minute movie, and I didn't. I didn't even um, into the Across the Spider Verse. You know, that movie was two hours and thirty-eight minutes, and it just it flipped by. I'm like, where'd the movie go? You know, it went so fast. It was just kinetic. So this movie was kinetic from the start, and it just didn't. It grabbed you, it held on, it did not let go. Yeah, it it is it is a fast. Two hours. Uh, I watched this in two one-hour chunks, uh, just because of my my schedule. As I could watch this and put some time into it, and both times I was like, "What if I watched this for fifteen minutes and an hour had gone by?" Um, there there are scenes that are not just combat. It's not like it's two hours of, of combat, but there are scenes where it, it talks about the politics of Sparta and, and the rest of Greece. And there, there there's all these little scenes that would be boring, I think, but they aren't. The, the pacing is done well enough. Those kind of weave in and out during these action scenes that tie it all together. Um, I, I was. You know, I mentioned I watched it in two little blocks only because I had to. Otherwise, I would have sat there and watched two hours and not even known that flew by. I, I think I, I think I know where this is going to go. But would you guys recommend this to those who have not seen it? Yes, it's going to get my enthusiastic F yeah thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think this is this is a good movie that happens to be based on on a on a comic book, uh, which is based on a movie, which is based on a historical fact, <laughs> an event. Like it, it's good. It's it. I, I don't want to, like, talk bad about the term comic book movies, because that's what we do, right? But when you sell, tell somebody that doesn't read comics, it's a comic book movie, they expect superheroes. Um, this yeah. is just a great movie, and it's also a very good comic book. So I, I would recommend yes. this definitely. And I aspire to King Leonidas's abs. Yes, yes. I have <laughs> one big ab. That. It's not really the You same. know, I, 
we're probably what like 20 25 minutes in this podcast and i am surprised it took this long for someone to bring up abs so there's a lot of them in here it's a mostly ab movie yeah, I found this is going to be a third rail, but I'm I'm just going to come around and say, "Wow, on the abs!" <laughs> I just, I want the abs. That's what I'm looking for. I'm yeah, gonna, pound, I'm, pound for pound, there's no movie with more abs in I'm it. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint them on. I think there was there was a movie that came out after this that made fun of that. This movie was so big, it got its own Marlon Wayans made fun of movie. Yeah. So I think they actually had the Spartans and they broke dance and they all drew their abs on. See, I would be the guy who drew his abs on. So, I mean, obviously, I own this movie, so I I've watched it multiple times. But would you guys watch it again? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I, I haven't seen it. it in forever, and I enjoyed this watch, and I would I would love to watch this again. Like I said, it was not boring. Um, at any moment, it wasn't like I was looking forward to certain scenes, and then was like, okay, do the rest of this. I was wrapped the whole time, and I'd already seen it before, so I would definitely watch this again. There is a sequel to this movie. I have not seen the sequel, so when we get to that movie, I'm looking forward to it. But um, would you? And we always ask this question, of course, but would you want to see a remake of or a retelling of this comic again? No. No, not unless you could figure out something new. There are a lot of historical battles in Greece that were phenomenal. Um, I don't think they need to. I think this is one of the few that doesn't need a remake. I mean, they're they're redoing Gladiator, but I don't think you need a remake on this. What if they could add more abs for you? <laughs> um, maybe okay. Now you're now you're twisting my. If they could give me a, if, if with every DVD it came with a workout thing that could give me those abs, I'll do it. Let's do it. I don't. The only way you get more abs is if you put abs on people's backs. There's no way. This is all abs. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would, I would say this does not need a remake because again, it's so close to the source material and and feel that you know we didn't really mention the effects too much other than the blood and the fact that it slowed down. There is CG in this movie, but it wasn't annoying. There's only one thing in the movie, even though. There's, you know, a larger than life Xerxes, and he has some some fairly interesting people that work, or that, I guess work, that that are on his force. There's like a, a big ogre guy and all this other stuff. It all looks really good. The only thing in this movie that doesn't look great, there's a, a crippled kind of soldier that comes yeah. to uh, Leonidas when they first get to where they're going to have the Yes. And, and uh, since we didn't mention him, I didn't want to use the name. I want to explain who it was. But he he shows up, and he's kind of integral to the story uh, after that that segment. But his CG looks terrible. Everything else in the movie yes. looks really good. His CG looks <laughs> awful. And it's not like he's he's not, you know, his his level of deformity is high, but it's not, it's not, it, I don't understand why that looks so bad. Maybe because it's not so bad. Like maybe because his, his actual deformity isn't so extreme that it, it you expect it to look real. And it was doesn't. that CG on him or was yes. that physical prosthetics? It was probably a combination of the two. I guarantee his eyes were CG. When you look at his eyes, which were some of the things I got, I got, you know, pulled towards because yeah. they were so bad looking was his yeah. eyes. Um, well, also the technology in 06 was still not really there. Oh, 100%. And, you know, and, and I, you I know. mean, it's, it's miles ahead today. It's actually, that's why when I see bad CG today, I'm just like, there's just no excuse. I guess it's burning people to the death, to the to the stake with time. But there's, you know, I mean, back then, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, they, the CG for that stage, um, and I think Snyder's gift is knowing how to shoot, how to angle in shots. He's got a very Alfred Hitchcock type presence when it comes to shooting a movie yeah i mean it's not ruining the movie for me but I, you know we talked about the you know does it hold up still would i would i want to remake sometimes those effects can be so bad in a movie that you're like mm -hmm. if they would redo this like you know we talked about ghost rider and i think the ghost rider head in ghost rider looks miserable the rest of the movie actually doesn't mm -hmm. look bad but the ghost rider head looked so bad you're like they need to redo this to have a better <laughs> ghost rider where this i i can get past this but that's the only thing in the movie that i think doesn't hold up 100 percent, 100 percent, jeremy yeah, not to derail us, but you're right. The, the effects in this movie are 
maybe it's the way they do the the, the orange washing of the film. If you know what I mean, like everything's got that, that, that tone to it. But like the the scene with the Oracle, where she's floating around and doing all the twists and the shapes, like it's amazing they pull those kind of shots off. Yes, I think that's where the movie. I mean, I think when we're, we keep kind of going around and talking about how great the cinematography is. I think CG played a huge effect, but I think knowing the angle by which to make a shot, knowing how to use the right color, how to create the effect, and basically take that incredibly detail because comic storyboards were are never made for movies; they're made for comics. And so, when when you're not when you're writing a comic without thinking it's going to be a movie, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And so, I think. The, the challenge that Snyder did in this movie was he said, I'm, I'm going to take that vision and figure out how to put it in the 3D world. And that was really hard to do. It, like I said earlier, it's just a beautiful movie. It really is. So, um, yeah, I, personally, no remake. It is as it is. It's good. Um, unless there's some amazing level of CGI that, or maybe a hologram or something. But beyond that, unless technology is really changing, I think it stands on its own. A hologram do your work. Because I would be a hundred percent for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where would you rate it on our thumbs quarter thumbs up? I forgot how the rating system works. So, where would you rate it with your thumbs up? <laughs> Jeremy, I'll let you take this first. You gave such a beautiful exposition of this comic inference. Please, sir. this time it's pretty clear to me. I think this is well worth seeing. This is a solid thumbs up. I don't know if it's two or one. Someday we'll actually write down what our scale is. But it's all positive on my end. It, it, again, unless for some reason you just hate violence in movies. If you're one of those people, probably skip this. But otherwise, if you just want a really good kind of fantastic retelling of an actual historic battle to some level, um, but with a very nice overlay that would that makes you think this this probably would have been a great comic it, it it was in fact it's a great movie i recommend that and i also highly recommend uh the 300 uh comic on its own i, I know it's only like five or six issues it's it's collected into a graphic novel so just find one read it it's well worth your time well, i i can only i can only i jeremy i think that was a two thumbs up look at that perhaps a one thumbs up with explanation so i'm just going to go ahead and go right for the two effing thumbs up uh I'm, I'm adding another level i think we can do that in this particular scenario so i'm going to add the effing um two effing thumbs up for me on that one so that's going to be higher than the uh standard two thumbs up <laughs> I, I think we were supposed to do just like one we only we each only get one thumb <laughs> Oh, then, then so, one um, effing thumb high. That, that's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll give this movie a thumbs up too. Um, it's it's solid. It really is solid. Um, I can't I can't emphasize enough that even if you don't care about the plot, it's just a beautifully shot movie. It is it is if you enjoy Zack Snyder stuff, film wise, like film uh, filmography wise, go check it out without a doubt. So uh, before we let before we head on out, guys, what are you guys working on right now, Jeremy? What, what are you working on? Uh, Retrovaniacs is yeah. still pounding out these games. We have a whole bunch of listener requests we're trying to get through. Some of the longest games I've ever had to play. So uh, episodes are coming a little slower than normal, but each of the games is taking me three to four times as long to play through them. Yeah, I'm, wow. personally playing, a, I'm playing a retro game myself, Dead Cells. So I, I love your show. Virgo, what are you working on? Wow, hoping to get some video game time. I am doing a million things right now at the store. We're just working on finalizing everything for Warhammer. We're looking at some, um, adding in some potential Magic the Gathering. So we're looking at a gaming section. We um, just actually finished out the website, so now we're adding products to it. We're just kind of moving things through. We're, um, you know, adding new items every day, adding new opportunities. The new issue of Path of the Pale Rider is coming out exclusively and got the Night Comics in Michigan. We're the only store in Michigan that has this store. Cannot wait for this book. And we've got a lot of new things coming in. So you yeah, gotta see the dope stuff. 
Yeah, I was at your shop what just a couple weeks ago, um, and it's it's a it's a beautiful shop. But I don't know Thank where you're gonna where you're gonna fit that Magic the Gathering stuff, man. Your shop is filmed filled to the, to the brim with just not just comics, but you know paraphernalia, statues, merchandise. Well, not, not- not and, those and, paraphernalia. We do have another shop in Livonia that offers paraphernalia, but not our. But we do have a ton of parapha, parapha nerd stuff. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but but I don't. There was no copy of three hundred there. I'm now now I'm disappointed. No um, no yeah that there, there there may have been, but it definitely may have not been as many of them. I I, I definitely keep my copies at the store, but I, I don't, I've got a you know honestly we have a weird market, but we're gonna start. We're, I'm gonna have to forcibly educate our youth into Frank Miller. It may take some time. But we're gonna get them there. Awesome. So me personally, uh, over at Off Panels, I'm still working on a uh, Sandman comic book cabinet with shelving systems. We are about probably two weeks out from that thing being done. Um, it's gonna be beautiful. I'm gonna be jealous of it, but I'm also gonna be glad to see it out of my shop because I need to work <laughs> on the next thing. <laughs> um, so if you guys enjoyed the show, please give us a review, share with your friends. Uh, there really isn't an algorithm out there to push new shows to people to new listeners. So. Please help us spread the word. Uh, if you want to drop us a note, tell us how wrong we were with our, our recommendations, our thoughts, or you just want to make a new movie suggestion, uh, just visit us at movie-smash.com. At the bottom, there's a contact form. Fill it out. Let us know what you're thinking. And we will see you in a couple weeks. show please give us a review and share with your friends if you want to drop us a note tell us where we were wrong or give us a movie suggestion visit us at movie smash.com